another episode of the sounds that changed my life podcast it is a podcast where we literally just talk about anything to do with music and how it's affected us in our lives in some way or another um today i am greeted with my co-host ben how are you my friend i am good how are you good yeah i'm not too bad thank you you've been up to much recently or Nothing of interest, no. I've been really looking forward to doing this episode. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this episode is going to be... Yeah, it's following the same kind of concept of the, the rest of the, uh, the podcast before this one. Um, but we've gone slightly different and gone with the theme of game scores. So it's really game scores which we have found that have affected us in some way or another um yeah i've been really taught honestly this making notes for this podcast alone has been so difficult i found purely for the fact i can't i won't say i can't because i can i have found it very difficult picking a specific uh game score which has made so much of an impact to me because so many have in the past um did you find it difficult or how have you found like getting all your research and notes and whatnot i feel like i've got gone quite in the opposite direction than you i've actually found it quite easy it's been it's been really <laughs> enjoyable Good. especially getting, say, like the, these two specific games do have a lot of meaning to me okay and i mean the music themselves is kind of what bonds me to them it's just as much as the actual game themselves yeah so even just doing more research into the scores just has completely blew my mind especially with one of them okay and i've just been i have been so excited sharing what i've found like you know the stuff that i do know telling you how it's how it's affected me how it's influenced me and just literally like getting out there the stuff that i i know and seeing if it impresses you as well well that's the thing that i always say the beauty about uh audio and music and whatnot is everybody takes it completely different completely differently and having that chance to be able to talk to the people close to you about things about music that has affected you in some way or another just opens up doorways for other people. Like, for instance, I can imagine there's going to be game scores within your list that I've either, that I either know or I've not really like, delved into like, greatly. So I'm, I am excited to hear what you... Well, one, you've picked, and two why you've chosen it 
absolutely. Like, it's like with your with your picks, like the games you've picked, I've never actually played. So <laughs> I am interested in hearing why they've influenced you. Excellent. Okay. Um, so I am going to ask you, first of all, have you, how many games have you picked? I've picked two. Okay. I would um, have struggled any more than two, to be honest. The, these two, like, I, I could have gone for a third one, but then I thought to myself, the two, I, I decided without even thinking, it was just them. Mm. I felt like, all right, I'm going to struggle for a third one. So why struggle when I know these two are a dead star? Okay. Well, in that case, if you're so confident, <laughs> blow me away. <laughs> all right. So I'll go with my first pick. Assassin's Creed 2. Ooh, yes. Yeah. I know this game very, I remember very us, well. I remember us having a conversation when it came out. Yeah. Once again, I've, I think I've kind of got this reoccurring thing. Like I can remember events, like, mm-hmm. like about specific things. I remember us talking about Assassin's Creed 2. We were outside of, I think we were literally just waiting to go into a history lesson. Yes. We, we was, we, yeah. <laughs> Shout out, Mr. Jennings. Bloody hell, man. <laughs> this is going back a few years. Yeah. So, Assassin's Creed 2 came out in 2009 after the after the first one blew me away. That was in 2007. Uh, the first game sold over 8 million copies. And the composer is a, he's a Danish composer, Jasper Kidd. Um, I could list all the games he's been involved in, but literally would be here forever. <laughs> he's been working on game scores since the probably early to mid nineties. Jesus, been uh, for a while then. Pardon yeah, the pun. <laughs> uh, like, some of the ones I can think of the top of my head that might be well familiar. He'd done a lot of the Hitman games between like the mid to late, uh, like say like between two thousand and three to two thousand ten. Okay. So I might be a bit off with that one. Um, ones you will like, because I remember you really liked them. He did the scores for the three Borderlands games. Ooh, tasty. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I like that. Um, but yeah, so after the success of the first game, Ubisoft asked him to come back to do the second one. Mm. Um, if everybody who doesn't know Assassin's Creed 2, and if you are some of those people, what? <laughs> Um, Assassin's Creed 2 is set in the late 15th century with Ezio Auditore. Starts off with just a, uh, he's an Italian nobleman, about 16, 17 years old. Dad and his brothers get killed, and that kind of sets him off his journey into becoming an assassin. Uh, goes from like, I think it's the mid 1470s, and the game spans to the late, I think it's the start of the 16th century. So it's a you know game wise it's about thirty forty years, uh, like span of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the say this is one of them like when you're younger. To me, how old was I when this came out? Twenty. So I was about like fourteen. About mm. yeah, about fourteen. Um, you know you don't really appreciate particular things when you're that age. For you, like you know back in that back then it was just a game. The story group me. But as I got older, and especially now since we're doing these podcasts, you start to appreciate the music a lot more. And then yep. you don't realize how much the music added 
to the atmosphere and the story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anybody who's an Assassin's Creed fan knows the um, was it Ezio's family track. Mm-hmm. They pretty much used that. I'd pretty much, it's a safe bet saying that it's probably like the Assassin's Creed theme. And I think on Spotify it's been played like 34 million times. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, some, I think the, the soundtrack initially came out, I think it was... I think it was not about a few months after the game came out. Okay. Uh, whoever pre-ordered the the special edition of the game, they got a CD. We had like a well, it was a DVD. It had like documentaries and stuff on there. And he also had is that with more uh, like of the making of um, the, the game. The making of yeah. That's cool. And came with I think they they said he came with the full soundtrack. But that wasn't entirely true. I mm. think it was about half of the soundtrack. So then, when the full soundtrack came out, I think in total there was about, I think it was twenty-eight odd uh, soundtracks. Yeah, that's a that's a massive track list. It is, to be fair. Um, yeah, the, like I think he carried on. He done the rest of the Ezio trilogy. He done Brotherhood and Revelations, and then he actually. They, he, they carried on with other um, composers, but he actually did come back and do Valhalla. Oh, okay. Not gonna lie, I've, yeah. I have been playing that one recently, and to be honest, I, I didn't realise it was the same composers as you, like, the uh, first few. But No. Sorry? Like, I think, that's right. Like I was really hoping he'd done Black Flag, because I think that's probably my second to favourite mm. Assassin's Creed. But I was quite good to find out it wasn't him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like if you if obviously if you go back and listen to the actual soundtrack, if you play it, you know from beginning to end. If you don't listen, if you don't look at the names. I mean, especially while I I done this, I knew where in the game that song was intended to be. Yeah. Just from the multiple playthroughs I've done of it and the countless hours I've spent playing it as um you know like I was listening to it wasn't listening you know I was doing other stuff while I was listening to it and then I'd be like oh shit this is Venice like I remember this mm. and then he'd be like oh this is the song particularly when you're around like the auditorio house in Ferent like Florence you know okay. and then like I think there's like four different no I think there's three different music fight uh uh, fight music mm-hmm. for each um, part of the game you're in. Yeah. So I think there's like three for Florence, three for Venice, three for Tuscany, and stuff like that. So, did you find with like the battle sequences, you got a um, like did, did the tempo change or did it get um, like for instance, did it have any? more emotional effects like for instance did you feel it made you feel a certain way yeah like the the tempo definitely did ramp up mm. when you especially got some more intense parts of the game most of the time it was very like it was a smooth calm you know like i think it's like with florence the big like the first snippet like of music when you're in florence before the main part of the story really kicks in. 
mm-hmm. it's very like upbeat kind of like very warm yeah and then uh, i'm trying to think of part of the game it's around the time around the time just as um his dad and his brothers get uh, taken prisoner just before they get executed. Okay. Literally, the first few missions, you know, Ezio's going about his normal life. Everything seems, you know, nothing bad's happening in his life. Like I said, it's very upbeat, very warm. And then when you get to the mission, you have to go and find, you have to go to the palazzo where his dad and his brother's been kept prisoner. Mm. Like, it goes to night and it's very eerie. Okay, so everything's a lot slower, a lot more, yeah. a lot more intense. Yeah, a lot more intense. Definitely intense is the perfect word. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then so like obviously then you go to like it's like going back to the fight music, like Venice. I think I think the music for Venice is probably the best in that game. Yeah, like the, I think the main Venice theme is quite there's like this choir essence to it well that's nice like what's i want to say angelic oh, okay very yeah. peaceful uh yeah i believe it is uh i think it's back in venice that's the name of the track mm-hmm. i think that's the predominant one that's used when you're in venice mm-hmm. but like the way jasper's done it is so well done that obviously because i think there's like three different songs for the actual fighting moments or like say the intense moments in Venice, the way they flow so naturally, you know, cause obviously with games like Assassin's Creed and that, like, you know, you don't have to wait for a moment to actually have a fight. You could just start a fight with a soldier or anything. The way the music transitions from say that nice angelic, you know, sounding music to just a nice intense, you know, high tempo, dark like sound. Yeah. They, they just, flow quite brilliantly it's it's not only a a music composer's job to make sure that is done correctly but also the game designer as well and yeah. you'll find within massive conglomerate corporate uh, corporations like ubisoft for instance they will have specific people for those uh particular points and yeah. i mean i've watched quite a few documentaries on uh, game design as a whole and it's ridiculous i think it was something uh, something like there was a thousand members working on uh, gta 5 and it took a thousand members five years to make that game but if you think if you're all just one person within that 1000 people and you've been hired uh, to produce a AAA game, there is they've hired you for a specific reason. So you've got to be a master within your division, which is yeah. I, I find it it absolutely baffles my mind, and I find it so interesting. Um, I, I used to uh, a little while ago, I learned uh, how to three D model uh, using a piece of software mm. called Blender, and. Mm. It wasn't necessarily to try and make a career out of it, but I just found it very interesting because I, I love animation, um, especially in films. And yep. that was the thing that drew me to it. So I ended up trying to learn the basics of this software itself and then go 
and try and start develop my uh my skills within that hobby to try and make my own animations but then i, I started delving into it further and i found it very very apparent very quickly how difficult it is to do so many different things uh to produce one project um yeah like for instance key aspects that come into it is lighting actual animation mm. uh modeling uh textures um background literally it's, it's unreal but then yeah going back to my point is the fact that you could be in a team of a thousand people and just have your specific um, category that you are an expert in, which yeah, I suppose it, it's kind of like yourself and me and our other uh, co-host Tom. Um, we're all I wouldn't say we're necessarily experts, but we have a very vast knowledge on music and the way it's done. Yeah, um, like. For instance, like because we have produced music in the past ourselves, we have a very good understanding of how it works and what to do. Um, but now I, I just find it very fascinating, and everything you've mm. brought like so far about the game score for Assassin's Creed Two, I think you've hit a lot of nails on the head. Um, yeah, you can you can obviously tell that you are a, a very passionate. Um, fan of that game oh, and the soundtrack. Absolutely, it's I, great. I could to go see. on forever about Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I really could. I mean, like U- Ubisoft did give um, Jasper Kid pretty much near enough full creative freedom with the composing the score for the game. Um, I just didn't want the music to be completely authentic to the Renaissance era. Mm. Kid didn't, he modernised a lot of it. Once again, going back to Ezio's family, it starts off very, you know, like classical. But the further you go into the song, you get like the electric guitar elements, the bass elements. Um, but say him modernising the music it kind of goes hand in hand with the main like, arc of Assassin's Creed, really. Mm. It's, Assassin's Creed is a mix of, you know, history and modern times. Well, I'll say modern times, like very twisted modern times, but like, you know, that sci-fi element to it. Going through the animus you know, into like Desmond Mars and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And even the, like the mythology they've made within the game, like with the Isu, you know, the ones that came before. Um, I mean, how far have you got into Valhalla? Uh, I've probably got about 30 hours into it so far. So I'm in like mainland and I'm just uh, starting to explore and get further and further. Um, yeah. it's, it's it's weird. I find with those with those games, especially like RPGs, I don't. It takes a lot for me now uh, to turn around and say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely smash and sweat this game until I complete it. Because I I know yeah. for a fact there's going to be so many different uh, different things within the game that I'm going to want to do. Like you'll know, especially like going back to the Xbox 360 days and when we all used to play online. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, I used to be that one kid out of our like group of friends who would be so butthurt if I could not get. Uh, all the achievements yeah. for a specific game 
And I mean, look at uh, Guitar Hero, for instance. I know there's going to be oh, a lot of people. I that. <laughs> I know there's going to be a lot of people who turn around and go, "Oh, you're fucking." I don't. I, I don't know. You, you're just annoying. Yes, I was that person who would literally sit. Well, right, I take it back. Um, I sat down. I completely forgot about real guitar, and I dedicated so many bloody months and months and months on playing this game just so I could um, be that one person who could show off and say, oh yeah, I can do Through the Fire and Flames on Expert. Do you want to do it for you? Because you can't do it. And it was, I was terrible. I get re- I'm a very competitive player. I still, like, I guarantee, even to this day, I probably still do Through the Fire and Flames. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's hard, but I suppose... I probably couldn't do Expert at this point. I could probably barely get through hard. Like, it's been <laughs> years since I've played it. Yeah. It's... It's muscle memory. At some memory. point, I would like to get it again. Mm, I think I've got it upstairs. I would like to... oh. I'll have to set it up and uh, have you round and come and have a few games. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying that? I remember the one time uh, I crashed at your house and I think everybody went to bed. Uh, to bed. There. Bled. Bed. <laughs> Uh, I just I stayed up. I couldn't get to sleep, so I played Assassin's Creed on your PC. Fair play. <laughs> I obviously <laughs> I, I don't remember that because I was asleep. No. But um... Yeah. um, but yeah, um, keep on going with Valhalla. Obviously, like the stuff with the the one the ones who came before the Isu and all that. The way they've mixed, like blended it with Norse mythology is so damn good. It's I find. Valhalla, incredibly gripping. Before yeah. I started playing that game, I was watching through the series on Amazon uh, Prime mm. uh, Vikings, and I absolutely loved that. I mean, I haven't finished it yet, but I find it was absolutely so endearing and kept me gripped. And even down to like, the, the score of that was fascinating mm. to listen to. I mean, half the time I was watching uh through that series i ended up like not paying attention to the story because i was so gripped on uh the score itself yeah very atmospheric the whole the whole viking fad kind of has kind of passed me by i know i should give some of the like viking series a go in that but the only reason i played valhalla was just because i'm a huge assassin's creed fan Mm. i've played every assassin's creed game going at this point yeah um did you ever play Odyssey? Because that's got a wicked score. I didn't, to be honest. Is that the Egyptian one? Oh. Uh, no, that was Origins. Odyssey is okay. the Greek. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I think in total, so you said you've done about 30 hours. I think on my first save on Valhalla, I think I'm running up to about 150 hours. Ooh, crikey. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but considering you- the game's been out a year and a half, that ain't, you know. Are you the type of player who likes to, rather than just absolutely smash through the story, you like to go and explore, find all these little secrets, and um, like for instance the watchtowers and whatnot. You'll go up there, like uh, synchronize the area, so you've you've got full um, full access to the map. Then I will smash through the story unless there is something that will benefit me through the story. Okay. Yeah, like. Once again, I won't try and go too much into it. Um, if you're on, if you're in it quite early, start looking for the three sisters. I won't say any more than that, but start looking for the three sisters. 
okay <laughs> i ain't got a clue yeah. yet um it will save you a lot towards the end like well not towards the end of the, the story but obviously if you want to start collecting stuff try and get that done as quick as possible okay yeah i'll keep that in uh... mind. <laughs> um so yeah i just if you enjoyed uh valhalla go and watch vikings because earlier in the game I mean, from uh, where I've got to, um, you have uh, characters and uh, I suppose it's history. Uh, people in there uh, are mentioned. Um, Ragnar Lothbrok, mm. um, his yes. sons. Um, it's all about their path throughout their, their lives. Honestly, it's, it's amazing. Go, just, honestly, just go and watch that series. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. It grips you all the way through. I will give it a go. Especially the Paris Siege. Oh, that was fantastic. Oh, they've done that as a DLC for Valhalla, the Siege yeah, of Paris. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, have you seen Planning to do with Assassin's Creed? Uh, I haven't, to be honest. If it's true, I'll be very upset. So they're on doing like a, like a Assassin's Creed meets like Fortnite. PUBG or something, and if they do that, I won't be happy. No, I really hope not. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so what's your second picture? Oh, we go. I thought we was going to go to you next. I thought it was going to take turns. No, no, I've, I'm, I'm oh, interested. Oh, oh. I'm, I was very intrigued on your first pick, and especially with how how much in depth knowledge you went into everything you've done your research on and uh, and down to your personal passion to that game um so yeah take it away i'd, I'd love to hear your second one my second pick is red dead redemption 2 okay that's interesting in all honesty when i when the first when the first the first time i tried to play it i gave up after about five hours because i just really couldn't get myself into it yeah um Six months later, I thought I'll give it a go again. Uh, I'm so glad I did. It's probably ooh, this is why this would be so easy, but it's even harder to think okay, out of Assassin's Creed 2 or Red Dead 2. What would be my favorite game right now? Mm-hmm. I'm actually currently going through probably like my third or fourth run through of Red Dead. Bloody hell. <laughs> uh, it definitely seems that like you're it's... more of a an RPG uh, type of game player. I'd say I'm more of a story person. Like I've never been one for doing online games. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it depends on who I play with or the, the game. I'm so story driven when it comes to my choice of games. Yeah. Um, but just the say the the story of Red Dead Two to me, like it, it, this is one of the rare games that the story's actually made me cry killer points oh, and i have no shame in saying that <laughs> have you played it uh i have but i literally got about an hour into it i oh, yeah. the only thing i remember is is something to do with the start being uh in the snow uh, you're trying to get away from someone i i did that and for some reason, I got distracted or I ended up having to go out. So I, I turned it off and I had every best intention to go back to it because I had heard great reviews. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, but 
for some reason I, I just didn't bother going back. Oh, you you need to give it another go. Yeah, it it definitely is on my list. I, it's weird. I find it so difficult now having the attention span to follow such long stories because I I know they are designed to be like that. I suppose it's yeah. like I have every best intention to download and buy uh, Dying Light 2 because I, I absolutely adored the first one. Never played the first one. Honestly, please, like whatever console or PC that you're playing on, go and buy it and just play through it. You Honestly, you will not regret it. It's, it's gripping, it's terrifying, and it just it keeps you going throughout the whole game. There's, it, it's Nothing about it is boring at all. Um, but no, I, I know there a lot of people have played through the second one. And because of the type of player I am, like I said earlier, I'm a completionist and I like to do literally every little thing and find every little nook and cranny. Yeah. There's just under 500 hours worth of gameplay in order to complete that game. At the moment... You go... I don't, think I've got five, <laughs> I don't think I've got 500 <laughs> hours to waste on a game. <laughs> I'd probably say the same for about... I wouldn't say the same amount for Red Dead, but, you know, it's hefty amount of game time mm. to get everything done. Because it's Red Dead, you know, being, being a Rockstar game, the amount of Easter eggs that are embedded in this game is yeah. ridiculous. Like, I think there was a video I watched a couple of weeks ago, and it was, you know, I think it was entitled, like, you know, I've been playing Red Dead for like since it came out and I'm still finding, you know, Easter eggs and like little snippets that nobody ever actually knew that was there. Oh bloody hell. You know, so it's four years on and there's still things that haven't been about like have just been discovered about inside the game. Yeah. It's like um with the Call of Duty zombies community. Like those those zombies maps have been uh, coming out for years and years and years now, and yeah. the amount of in-depth uh, like Easter eggs that have been put into those games, every little thing has been thought of. Yeah, and it's so fascinating. I I, I love that type of game because it's very fast-paced, and I know once that. Like if I die in the game, or if I completed the the main Easter egg, I know that's the end of the game. So the next yeah. time I come to play it, I haven't got to remember any kind of story. Um, I have done a lot of research into the back, like the backstory, um, throughout the developers of why they've done it for that, and all the characters and whatnot. And I do find it very interesting. Mm. Uh, for yeah. the original one came out on. Uh, World at War, and it was called Nazi Zombies, and it just gripped me yeah. right from there. It's it's fascinating. Oh, I remember that. Um, but no, it's it truly is remarkable with how how so many people can get invested in storylines. I mean, yeah. I, I know with Red Dead Redemption, I, I did play through the first one. I I did severely enjoy it, so yeah. I I do have that. I will go back and give number two a really good shot, but yeah, because I again I've heard 
because the soundtrack and the score is absolutely phenomenal. Like, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a huge fan of like Western uh, music, mm. but it it's very fascinating to me how they get such um like texture throughout. Yeah, it's it's weird. But now I'm going to stop taking your limelight and <laughs> get you to start talking. No, um, I won't go too much into the story backstory of the game. But like, you know, obviously, you know, it's a prequel. Even though it's a sequel, it's a prequel to a Dead One. Uh, it follows Arthur Morgan, uh, who is part of the uh, Vandalin Gang or Dutch, you know, and it kind of sets up to the point obviously where you are john marston in red dead one um the thing that intrigued me and kind of pulled me with this game apart from the music it's a game heavily based on consequences you know your every action you you do in the game has a consequence um and it's represented you know obviously you're either playing through the game being a good person or you play through it being a bad person oh that's interesting yeah, like you, you have like a like a bar at the bottom of the ga- uh, bottom of your screen. Okay. Um, I think if you press the down, it's not there all the time. If you press down, it pops up. Um, and say you've got a you've got a meter. You've got like the the right side, like the middle is grey. The more, like the right side is white. The left side's red. You know, if you do something good, it goes more towards the white. You're more of a good person. You do something bad, goes towards the red. The ending of the game, of well end depending on how far of each side you are because i think there's i think there's by technically i think there's like four different types of ending depending so on where like, on you are yeah pretty much it's kind of like you know you do you make the, the last good decision but you've been a bad person overall there's that ending you choose the good ending and you've been good overall there's that ending so that's to say that's number two number three is you know you've you make the bad decision, but you've been a good person overall. And then they're like, you know, you choose a bad decision, but you've been bad overall. So yeah, there's like four different ways of how the game will finish. Oh, that's really cool. You yeah. Don't see that in, the, you don't see that uh, in many games. No. But like the game kind of reminds you as well throughout where you are morally. It's like it kind of gets represented. Like if, you, if you're more or less bad, you get like, you see like a wolf, if more or less good, you see like a stag, you know, so it kind of, they're quite kind of a reminder of like, right, right now, you're a good per- you're a good person. That's cool. Or you're a dick. Um, but yeah, like, the, think the smallest thing in the game can like kind of knock your meter down. Like, I was doing a mission because I was playing yesterday. Um, I was getting chased by someone. I accidentally shot a horse and I got, <laughs> and I got knocked down. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, the score. So score was composed by a musician, Woody Jackson. Woody Jackson is, as far as I'm aware right now, he's the current owner and runner of Electrovox Recording Studios. Okay, uh, that's interesting. Uh, which is one of the very, like, one of the oldest independent recording studios in the world. I think it was in like the early 1930s. Um. I think around the, say the, I think it was around the 1950s, uh, a lot of artists use Electrovox 
a, a place to kind of uh, like record their demos and stuff. Mm. Uh, people like Judy Garland, Frank Sinatra, uh, Jerry Lewis. They're the only things I can people at the top of my head from doing my research. Um, but some some of the bands and albums that have been recorded at Vox as well. Um, Tenacious D Jazz, uh, the 2012 album, the little album they did, they'd done that there. Um, Lady Gaga's recorded there. Lawrence and the Machine. Uh, Arctic Monkeys. I can't. There are more than that, but sounds like there's some big artists then. Oh, ab- absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so th- th- this guy, so Red Dead has the score and it has a soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. So the score, the score was Woody Jackson, and then the soundtrack was Daniel Lanoy. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about Daniel Lanoy, but say like Woody Jackson has got a good. I mean, I think I don't think he's done many game scores, but every game score he's done has always been a rock star game. Yeah, he done the first Red Dead one, uh, done L.A. Noir, GTA Five, and then he done Red Dead Two. Uh, he 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 tried his best, and I think he done it perfectly. He tried to keep the musical as authentic as possible by using time appropriate instruments as best he could. Oh, that's cool. So they really thought a lot behind it. Yeah. Like, I think he totally done about 60 hours worth of music for the game. Wow. And I think one of the directors for the game says in a normal playthrough of the game, like literally just without going like, you know, doing too much like Easter egg hunting and stuff like that, yeah. a player would only probably hear one third of the game's mm. music. Yeah. That's... In a way, that gives the uh, the developers a really good chance of replayability. Like if people are so yeah. fascinated with game scores, especially, um, it's I find like for instance with GTA as well because it's such a big, vast game and there's a lot of opportunities for Easter eggs and whatnot. Um, yeah. Like me myself, I know I've gone back and I have played that game quite a few. Uh, different times especially number five yeah and i found uh i was very like for instance in like if you get into a car you have the radio stations and you can pick different radio stations you'll have uh, set songs within that station um yeah i i've deliberately like on second or third playthroughs i've gone and listened to other uh other stations to find out what the type of music or uh, stuff is actually in there, and honestly, just listening to the, um, like the actual radio station where you hear presenters talking about specific subjects is honestly so funny. It's absolutely oh hilarious. yes. Um, I I did go and listen, uh, the other day to the Red Dead, uh, score, and I found it it was very. It's very suiting uh, due to a uh, lot like the it wasn't necessarily complex in the texture because no. you can hear I don't know for instance it's, it's just guitars or acoustic guitars yeah. or so it's it's very thin and which is quite 
quite nice, especially, I don't know, for instance, you're like horseback and you're going down a dirt dirt track um, trying to get from one destination to another. If you then start getting a, uh, I don't know, like bandits coming to try and uh, steal stuff from you or like trying to kill you for no reason, then obviously you're going to have a, like a, a really high intense... Um, it picks up, don't it? Yeah. So... Yeah. I I don't think, well, I, I don't know necessarily with this game because I've not really played it. Um, if it's done well, uh, I can oh. imagine it has done because it's obviously yeah. Rockstar and they've got massive teams for that specifically. Um, they used um they used stem loops. Oh, do for they? A lot of yeah, I think I think for most particular like because there there's three different types of scores for Red Dead. Mm. Um, you've got the narrative scores so it's that's like the you know the scores that would go through like the main mission the, the story um you've got the interactive scores so like obviously like when the player's just kind of roaming around not really doing anything you know like not doing a mission or anything just look go roaming around the map yeah and then you've got like the environmental scores so you know someone's like singing in a campfire or someone's playing a guitar like you just pass them in like a street or something right in the wilderness yeah um, so obviously, like with the interactive stuff, when you're kind of like open, it's more like open world. Yeah, there. I think you've particular things you use like eleven different stem loops. Um, they did this with the first Red Dead, if I'm right. Um, they used stems in that as well. They kept it all at the same tempo. They kept it all the same beats per minute. And I think he would he only used. I think he'd done everything in the key of A minor. Oh, nice. So everything flowed perfectly and mm. he kind of done um what's the best way to say it like a call and response term because he had like 100 there was 110 different people working on the music alone so he'd done like a call and response to musicians he'd write something he'd record it he'd send it out to musicians you know and be like look either follow along with what i've pl- of what i've done or go with what you want to do whatever you're like you know if you have different emotions to what i've done play mm. how you want to play it and that's how they kind of done it with this yeah you know so imagine having like a that the way i see it you know having a band around you and then you know kind of like you'd like an or like an orchestra you know and like but you're pointing at someone right you know uh you've got one person playing an instrument and you start picking it up, so then you point at someone else, and then they start playing. That's the kind of thing they try to do with this. So obviously, you know, if you run into some bandits, the music will start naturally picking up, mm-hmm. and it will get you know the tempo will get faster. That's really cool. Um, I, it's um, I, I don't know whether you've used uh, Logic Pro much, um, but there's a, uh, for instance, on the uh, the drum. Uh, the built-in drum simulator, they have mm. like a little pad on there where you can uh, select different points and it will give you different beats. Um, yeah. It, to me, from what you've just explained about how they've tried to work their score, um, it sounds very similar to that. So depending on uh, what situation you're in, it will basically pinpoint uh, different points on this little pad and Mm-mm. play uh, according to the scenario. It's, it's quite interesting, yeah. especially 
with integrating it into such a large game because obviously there's going to be I mean you and I know uh, specific um, game developers have uh, been more notorious for being more buggy than others I'm not yeah. going to say anyone in particular but um, to Im implement something so complex without it actually pausing for game breaking bugs or yeah to have it seamless really is yes yeah, like it's a master of art and you can tell you they have picked the specific people for the job and they've done yeah. it right well, it's incredible obviously going back to what i said earlier like he done his best to keep even the instruments authentic to the sound he was trying to produce hmm. um because he he didn't want he wanted, I think he kind of wanted the music to be acknowledged. He didn't want it, it, it was to accompany you put the playthrough, you know, not just as a background thing, not to be a distraction. Mm. It's meant to be paired with the story, not just, you know, an add on to the story. Um, but even going back and doing my research, like some of the instruments that he picked up. Um, I think a lot of the instruments he used were actually used in old Western films. Okay. Um, so if I just go to my notes, because I did write them down, um, I don't know most of these people, but I like, you know, just so like obviously seeing what instruments were and then looking them up. And it's like, oh. Mm. Um, so there was one, uh, Dennis Budmia Martin 128 gut string, which was a nylon guitar. I think he was the original one. He managed to get hold of that. Um, a well, 1920s, <laughs> yeah, I bet it wasn't. Uh, a 1920s Gibson Mando bass, a lot of those big ass basses. Yeah. Uh, that was used on a film called Bullet, and that was okay. in the 1960s. Uh, ukuleles from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I've heard the name of that film, but I've never watched it. Mm. Once again, it's like a late 60s film. Uh, a nylon guitar used in Unforgiven. Uh, which is a 1990s film. But just that commitment to it as well, like, astounds me. I suppose, you know, with authenticity, there's no room for error. And yeah. as, with the size of Rockstar, they have got mm. such a massive budget where they are able to do it. Like, yeah. Like, you know, as well as I do, when it comes to media, sound is everything. Like if, yeah. you, if you can get the sound right, you're most likely going to get a uh, a good audience coming back for more. Um, and then obviously visuals, and then um, like in games, I suppose uh, the rest comes with it. So yeah, um, trying to think there's anything else. If you do play it again, play it, and then go to the soundtrack or the score. And listen to Mountain Hymn. Okay. I don't know about you, but every time I listen to it, I get feels. Like, okay. It to me, it's a very emotional song, and it's hard to say without trying to give much of the story away. It's a song that kind of relates to loss, and for me, listening to it, especially losing someone recently in my life, mm. it it just kind of speaks to me a lot more than even most songs in general do mm -hmm. 
like without saying too dark right now if i were to go now i'd make, i'd want one this i want i'd want my him at my funeral <laughs> yeah it's just such a powerful song for me and and that's that was the whole point of this episode is i wanted you to go and find either specific songs out of uh, score or just as a general um yeah why why has it impacted you so much and and there it is it's it really is interesting uh, because like i yeah. said at the start everybody's going to have different ways of playing music and why different uh pieces speak differently to like, everybody else yeah. and, and and that's your reason so well so like the, the story itself to me you know the main story is but you know a man trying to you know do right by people trying to live his life you know you know whether it's good or bad trying to you know but you know the the the, the music itself like is that like he like he, he's he jackson willie jackson's done what he intended to do with that music it was to accompany the story and he's just done it so well to the point you know like me saying that i want a song from a game at my funeral you know but um that's something else i was meant to say as well oh yeah they did actually release a vinyl from red dead 2 as well that's um cool. it was called the house building ep okay. um it's got it's called house building ep for a reason so i won't go too much into it because i do want you to play the game yeah. um <laughs> it wasn't done by woody jackson it was done by some other people um i can't remember the names off the top of my head i think it was i want to say david ferguson and someone else mm. um but yeah it was just a set of songs that they'd done and the one particular song was used towards the end of the game in the uh epilogue and it's so fucking catchy <laughs> like me and my cousin whenever we're like we meet up we talk about red dead he loves it just as much as i do and we start singing this house building song yeah it's just so fun to sing and it's so catchy but well there you go you've got another memory like you you've just stated that you've got yeah. another memory that song reminds you of your cousin because you yeah. both love the game so much you can relate in that way yeah that's brilliant man just waiting for them to remaster it now. yeah I, i'm sure it won't be too long <laughs> yeah. if, if if they can release gta 5 again and remaster it again i don't get why they can't do this one they will obviously with technology yeah. that's coming out for consoles and pc it will it will be say that but i'm still the way. <laughs> there's me ranting about and releasing gta 5 again but i still played it when it came out on ps5 again so i wanted to see <laughs> how it looked and it weren't worth it no it really weren't the thing with GTA Five that fascinates me the most is that it's been through three generations of console: PS3, yeah. PS4, and uh, PS5. How? I went. I went to the midnight release when it first came out on a, a three sixty and PS3. Yeah. Do you remember it was six discs long? Oh, that was insane. It, well, GTA Five it's ten years old next year. Yeah, September twenty thirteen. It come out. Oh, um. Before I finish my section, going back to Assassin's Creed for one uh, Assassin's Creed for one quick second, I was meant to because they did they were going to do live performances of the the music last wow. year, but COVID mm. ruined that. That's yeah, and I never got to see it. Yeah. Hopefully they they do uh, 
got another showing of it because I, I, with diehard Hopefully fans, they, they will pay uh, to see. Oh it. yeah. So the, the amount I I spent at one point on Assassin's Creed merch was ridiculous. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird. I'll love a game, but I'm not the type of person. Call me a cheapskate or anything, but unless I, 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 I've never was except for Assassin's Creed. I'd never oh, okay. get merch or memorabilia for anything else except for that. Mm. Like I got butthurt over the fact that an old friend of mine who wasn't into it as much as me got the Assassin's emblem tattooed on him. I got so butthurt about it. Like a part of me will want to get it done at some point, but mm. probably just somewhere like my leg or something. I wouldn't have it publicly, like for everybody else to see. I'd want it purely just to be for me. Yeah, you're not going to get the uh, the hidden blade or tattooed there or anything, are you? Nah. <laughs> nah. Good. <laughs> I I ain't that bad. <laughs> um. So, going off the fact that you have picked two. Uh, very story-based games to talk about. There's a few on my list which I'm going to ask you whether you've either played or know much about yourself. So, for me, it was quite difficult. Uh, there was... Um, the first one I'm going to say is Final Fantasy VII, the original. Have you played it? No? Okay. So... It's say so going for these games like you've picked. I feel like I kind of missed a certain like area of games growing up because so, I know loads of people who have played Final Fantasy, but it kind of just blew past me growing up. Mm. So the original was released in 1997, and uh, the composer was. Uh, I'm sorry if I get this wrong, but if, I think it is Nobuo Umatsu. Um, he's a, honestly his style of music is phenomenal. Um, like throughout the game, if you, you'll find there's two very different styles of composition throughout the game, like musically, and it's the two are um, they very much play on like the emotional aspect of people's brains I suppose um and from where I found like I've recently uh completed the remake on the PS4 and mm. game was I was very disappointed because there was a lot which it didn't necessarily change but it just didn't follow how the original one was, and mm. that disappointed me quite a lot. Yeah. If you're going to remake a game, make it exactly how it was, just better graphics and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But now going back, um, sorry. No, I was going to say I completely agree with that. Um, it's always quite a hit and miss when, like, if you're going to say if you're going to read like if you're going to re- say it's a remake, you remake it. Yeah. It's like um like for like. Yeah, like uh, the Mafia Definitive Edition. Love that game. They did 
you know, they got the original voice actors in, but they did, in essence, remake it. Still the same story. They just mm. didn't, they didn't remaster it. They did actually completely remake it, yeah. you know. But, you know, and it, it, but, you know, like, yeah, just stuff like that irks me. If, <laughs> if, if it's just a remaster, call it a remaster. Don't try and sell me that it's a remake and take my money from me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, going back to my point, the... Because now I know that you haven't listened to the score uh, throughout the I, song. I, li- I don't have listened to the, 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 I think it's the opening or the theme. I did listen to that. Yeah. And I did enjoy it. After this, please go back and just listen to the whole thing. Like, you don't even necessarily have to be, like, just sat there in front of uh, your computer and, like, paying crazy amount of attention. But just have it on in the background. It's so peaceful and elegant. Um, from the from the snippet I heard, it was a very kind of like light, like orchestra kind of vibe mm. to it, which I re- I did enjoy. To be fair, yeah. Um, you'll find there's two very drastic styles, and they it's very much it's either cutscene based or like battle styled, and you'll find. With any other game, with cutscenes, obviously you're going to have dialogue and whatnot. It's going to be very peaceful and elegant like in the background, so you're not paying too much crazy attention to it. Yeah. But then you'll also have in the battle styles, you'll have it very intense and dramatic. So it's it's pumping you up for that kind of environment that you're in at that time. Yeah. And Nabuo made such a an amazing piece of art for this game. Like, you'll find uh, in, obviously, the remake, it was all uh, like up to date in terms of like uh, instrument-wise and uh, all that kind of stuff. But mm. you'll have in Final Fantasy XV, um, they go through and because it was such a fan-favorite score... There is quite a few songs that they've implemented in other games, like uh, like I said, uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen, mm. which it's honestly listen to it and you'll be absolutely blown away. I can guarantee. It. Um, that one also brings a lot of childhood memories to me as well because yeah. with it come, uh, being released on the PlayStation One back in ninety seven, I was. Oh, that's disgusting. I was three at the time. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah. Now. And obviously, I I don't really have that much uh, memory from like when it first initially came out. But I know my dad bought it along with the PlayStation when uh, he bought his um, console. And I just, I just remember sat there just watching him play different games. Yeah. And when I was old enough to know... Uh, know what games were and uh, playing them and whatnot. This was one of those games which I did pick up. And yeah. for the longest of times, because of the age of was, I didn't really understand what I was supposed to be doing, like story-wise, and I found it very difficult. I mean, even to the, even to today, like if, you, if you're not familiar with that type of game, it's very difficult to... It's, it's a very steep learning curve, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but... It is just a phenomenal game throughout. Yeah. 
And yeah, I'd, I'd say this one hit my list because of more the childhood memories. I mean, my dad bought me a, he bought two copies of the game. Uh, I, I don't know how and why, but he ended up getting uh, a really rare copy um, along with just a, a, a regular standard copy. And the cellophane wrapper on the normal copy he took out, played that one. And I mean, to this day, I ain't got a clue what happened to it. But <laughs> he gifted me the uh, the rare one uh, in hopes that in some like someday it would be worth some money, maybe, or just more the fact that it would bring memories to me. And I've still got yeah. that copy to uh, like to today. Oh, don't and lose that. Keep hold of that. No, nah, I've it's still in the original cellophane wrapper. Still got the original. Um, uh, price tag on it and it's yeah it's, which was it uh i think it was about 20 pound um oh, we're back in the day I don't know. <laughs> but no it's it's all wrapped up it's in um i've made sure to like properly store it because yeah i know it's some like i have researched and like some copies of that game go for about 10 grand it's ridiculous so Jesus. i know it's absolutely mad but no, that that the it's more of the memory and the way it made me feel playing through the game is the reason yeah. why it's hit my list. I would have liked to have put it as my number one, but there's good reason for why it didn't, and I'll get onto mm. that in a little bit. Uh, um, just want to sidetrack just while it's stuck in my head. Obviously, going on about when you were younger and you remember games from obviously when you were that age. Mm-hmm. Have you ever played a game that you used to play when you were younger and when playing it now, you feel like this isn't a game I remember it to be? Uh, I haven't personally, but I understand what you mean, but I haven't because I've, like for instance, another one uh, that's on my list is Super Mario 64. I love that Mm. game. And unless I was to get myself another Nintendo 64, I won't go and play it like on an emulator or anything. Yeah. Because I, I have that. I love having the, the uh, sorry. <laughs> I love having <laughs> the nostalgia of being able to play a game on its original format. Yeah. So unless I can get a hold of an uh, N64, then oh, I, I wouldn't go and play that. There are um, companies now like who are getting old consoles refurbishing them like i think of this one i follow on tiktok like the amount of like he's literally purposely sells retro consoles and stuff mm-hmm. That's um, cool. but it's it's becoming a big thing again now right uh you know buying the old consoles and stuff mm. people are... so i bought sorry um, i bought a playstation classic when i was isolating last year oh did you yeah and i got a Used the USB trick with it, didn't I? And I managed to play any game I wanted on it. Hey, fair play. <laughs> yeah, so playing some of the old classics. But that's why I mentioned it, because I can't remember which game it was. But I just sat up there thinking, like, this ain't what I remembered it to be, and it kind of, I kind of ruined it for myself. I suppose in a way, because of advanced technologies. Yeah. With the fact that you've played so many games from the time where you played that original game, 
you've become yeah. so desensitized to specific things like for instance racing games if there's a i don't know i um i don't know whether you played tucker racing like i can guarantee you if you was to go and play that back on the playstation one it would, it would be like a sack of dog crap um mm-hmm. compared to something that is out like today you don't yeah. get the yes it's the same principle of the game but the like the nostalgia won't be there because obviously graphics has changed um yeah all the uh mechanics of the game as well it <laughs> yeah it it's it's difficult to say i i personally haven't because i don't really go back and play original games um because i i'd like to just remember the fact that of what it was when i played yeah. it um but no um a game which i have played uh the remake of which was on the playstation 4 was uh tony hawk's pro skater very similar it was just obviously um i, I suppose in a way it was rebuilt but exactly the same which it was great. I did play it, and I, I didn't feel it had changed. I felt it was a slight bit easier. Yeah. Um, but no, that that is another game which has hit my list because of the absolutely incredible uh, soundtrack. Um, mm. it really set up. Um, my path onto the music I listen to today. Yeah, and that's why it hits. Uh, so heavy in my heart because I know obviously my dad it was game and the music really came from my dad like in where mm. I am today and I can't thank him enough because those two types of media I find I I research into a lot and I mm. have such passion for him so again thanks Pop <laughs> um, I, I couldn't I couldn't say my dad was the one who got me with gaming. I don't okay. even know how really that came about. Like, I remember the first time, my first console was a Sega Genesis. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I had Sonic and Tasmanian Devil. Mm. They're the only two games I can think of at the top of my head. Uh, my uncle came around the one day and he had a PS1. Yeah. And that kind of blew my mind. He had GTA, but I weren't allowed to play it because 18. Right. Do you remember uh, that? It was all top down. It was so yeah. crap. I remember there was a cheat code in there, and the cheat code was spelling out the word bastard. I can't remember what it did. I just remember <laughs> it being bastard. It's so. It was I never so played the first one. That was the only exposure I ever had to GTA 1. And literally, I just remember mom going, No, we can't play that. It's too young. <laughs> Honestly, don't. It's, it's, it's rubbish. It's shit. <laughs> it's rubbish. <laughs> Um, I did find some nice little trivia for Final Fantasy. Okay. Um, the opening and ending sections, I think, I can't remember if it was, yeah, the opening song and the ending song were recorded live and fully mixed to support Dolby Pro Logic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, I didn't know that, to be honest. Oh, it's interesting. Though. Yeah. Uh, I might have to give it a go. I might give the remake a go. Yeah. The remake's uh, a hell of a lot easier. Um, like the mechanics of the game just flowed a hell of a lot better. Um, but if you're going for 
uh, originality and nostalgia, then I, I I would recommend playing the original. Yeah. Um, but for just learn how the mechanics work first. Just practice, yeah. practice, practice, because it makes it easier down the road. Um. No, have you ever played a game called Need for Speed Most Wanted? Oh yes. Good. So that's next on my yeah. list. Um, and this again is another. Rather than the score, it's more the soundtrack. Um, yeah. I found absolutely blew me away. It was uh, through mixed composers, and the game uh, was really released back in 2005. So it's there was a lot of, for me, influential music which has stemmed onto some of my favorite bands today. For instance, Avenged Sevenfold uh, had their track Blinded in Chains on there. Was that on there? Yeah. Oh. Dude, honestly, yeah, I'll name a few. There was Blinded in Chains by Avenged. There was Hand of Blood by Bullet for My Valentine. Um, Blood and Thunder by Mastodon. Uh, Decadence by Disturbed. And uh, some, like, uh, Skinny Man by Static X. Um, and the one, oh. there was a song which a few years ago, when I haven't played the game for Christ knows how many years now, but yeah. I found there was specific songs came on on my Spotify and it sounds a bit like uh, Boy Racer, Trevi kind of shit. I was sat at the lights ready to go back to work um, uh, after my break and... Uh, You'll be under my wheels by the project you came on, and mm. I was like, "Oh my god!" Instant goosebumps all over me. I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, okay, okay." Turn up my music, absolutely blast it, and then as soon as the lights hit green, the drop in the song came. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "It did." It really hit me in such a, um, in a different way to what I remembered, but yeah. I enjoyed that song so much more knowing the fact that I had memories from it. I mean, I think it was my friend Piers. He introduced me into that game. We used to play games a lot together and being uh, living across the road from him, Mm. um, we used to go over to each other's houses and stay over the night and play games and like stay up as long as possible. And I remember he got a copy of this game and I was like, Ooh, let's play it, let's play it, let's play it. And we were literally just so fixated on it for hours and hours and hours before we knew it, the bloody sun had come back up and we were like, yeah. like we were just zombies. Was like, uh. <laughs> but it was worth it because yeah, now I share those memories with peers I mean, we, we were talking about it yesterday, um, funnily enough. And like we were saying to each other, we, we missed the good old days. Like, unfortunately, we, we won't... No, we won't necessarily get those again, but it would be yeah. different because obviously different games have come out since then. Um, as you get older, you obviously get more tired. And I mean, yeah, come 10 o'clock, I'll be, I'll be asleep. It's insane. Um. Like me doing an all night now is bloody unheard of. <laughs> oh, I feel you with that. Yeah, but no, it's this again. It it's more memories that brings to me. Yeah, um, I I do have 
I don't have memories like you have memories of Most Wanted. It's probably the one and only Need for Speed I've ever played. Really? I've never been really big. I've never really been big on racing games. Okay. Um, the story behind it is, I think my dad bought me an Xbox, like mm. the original one, and we got it. What? Well, well, do you remember like people saying, "Oh, yeah, I got mine chipped." Yeah, yeah, we had mine chipped, and he knew someone had done the game. So, like, I just literally just used to get like a bulk of copy games in sleeves. Mm. It's kind of ruined the fun for a while with games because I didn't have that excitement. I kind of just like, you know, my dad would be like, Yeah, here's some games. And I'd be like, Yeah, okay, have a look at this one, have a look at this one. Um, so I what there wasn't an excitement to try Need for Speed. I just looked for these games and I thought, yeah, go on, I'm bored. I'll give that a go. Yeah. But I did enjoy it. I think it's the first time I ever heard the term pink slip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a great game. The uh, the remake was terrible. I honestly do not know why they did that. Going back what we was on earlier. Like, yeah. Some it's... games just aren't worth like remastering or remaking. I understand why they did it, but they just ruined it, unfortunately. Don't know what to say. Um, yeah. But no, I... I would say my number one on my list really has a lot of inspiration to me. Uh, more than memories, uh, per se. So my number one game score... Uh, has absolutely got to be the Doom remake soundtrack, and um, I it was released in 2016. The composer was Mick Gordon, um, mm. and like the genre, just I know the original had the like the elements to be still the same as heavy metal, but obviously uh, with it being eight uh, bit, it, it just mm-hmm. it didn't transposed the same way so being able to bring it up to today's uh, current technology and quality it was done in such a superb way and me as a musician and a genuine fan of it's weird I'd probably say I enjoy the music more than the game itself um Okay. I don't know. It's it's just my style of music, and I absolutely love it. It's it's um pretty much all instrumental, apart from the cutscenes where it's got um like spoken word uh form tracks throughout. Yeah. Um, but no, I'd say the reason why I enjoyed this so much is because it's one I found out uh very soon after I heard it that because of the lower tunings, uh, it really fascinated me. So I dug and dug and dug and researched, found out it was eight-string guitars. Um, Okay. It influenced me to a point where I thought to myself, okay, if someone can get something that sounds so tasty and meaty, uh, why don't I try it? So that's why when we ended up going to Guitar Guitar, that's... The reason why I bought the seven string sector and yeah, like I, I've never played Doom. Um, once once again, it's one of those games that have kind of gone past me, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but you just saying that 
automatically in my head I'm thinking, okay, now I kind of get why you've picked this. Yeah. Knowing the person you are, the musician you are as well. Yeah. Honestly, go after this after this chat, go and listen to this um this album. It's it's phenomenal. And you'll everything I'm like I'm about to say, you'll pick it up and think, oh my god, I understand why he likes it so much. Yeah. Um I think but, it's on Game Pass, so I can actually go and play it to be fair. You you won't regret it, I promise. <laughs> um obviously with me being a guitarist, it hit very very uh, hard to me. Yeah. Um like I said, it influenced me being an eight string. I thought, okay, I'm not, I'm confident with six. I'm not gonna run before I can walk. So I'll go for a seven, see how that goes. I don't want to waste money, blah blah blah. Um and I absolutely loved it. I, th- I thought it was fantastic. Being able to have that slightly lower tuning, um, not necessarily lower, but having that, the addition of a lower tune, uh, a lower tune string, yeah. it really does give you that uh, way of being able to open up your musical... Expand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, from hearing through that, album there was a lot of tone that spoke out to me and to me i absolutely loved it down I, I, there was nothing i can fault um and it's i suppose it's more my preference there was various very obvious signs of like digital effects used for the guitars mm. um with it being so tight and spanky um like for instance you can tell we've obviously eight Eight string guitars, you're going to have thicker strings at the bottom. And yeah. like the thicker the string, obviously you're gonna have you're gonna have to have more of a a longer um scale. So it can uh you can incorporate the tension so it won't have I don't know, you you don't want your strings to hang like a bloody wizard sleeve. Mm. Um because of what you're just not going to get any tone from it, and you're not going to be able to no, play no. it properly. So you can tell um, there was a lot of digital effects used. Um, like I don't know, using through like a Kemper or a Helix or something like that. Um, yeah, there was some very, very, very impressive bloody um, noise gates used to stop any yeah. overtones because of obviously the deeper tunings he was using. Mm. Um. I found there was a lot, and I mean a lot, of different use of multiple layers of texture, like throughout the album itself. It was there was times where it was very, very dense. Like you can tell there was a lot of thickness. Like for instance, yeah. there was guitar lines on top of other guitar lines with synth, bass, and percussion all being used together in the same way, at, yeah. uh, at the same time. Sorry. So it made it like a very, very. Uh, thick piece of music and would, sorry would you say that kind of going back to like like we've read there would you say the music kind of accompanies experience rather than kind of just like it, it being there oh absolutely like there's various yeah. parts of the games where you'll be in you'll be in a room with shit tons of enemies and then the music will then ramp up putting uh, loads of texture within the 
uh, like the the track itself, thinking, okay, mm. fuck, I might be in trouble. I might die here. Um, yeah. So it really keeps you on the edge of your seat and makes you want to... It's a very, very fast-paced game, and you'll find, like for me, I have to play it in very small doses because for some reason... As I'm getting older, I can't play fast-paced games because it, it just sends motion sickness over to me. And really? Yeah, it's, 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 it is such a shame because even like with um, Valhalla, I find I'll play up to an hour and I feel like I'm absolutely going to spew everywhere. It's disgusting. No way. Um, but no, yeah, going back to my point, You'll find there are masses and masses of texture within the album, and it's it's been done fantastic. And you can tell there's a lot of inspiration from other bands like Metallica and whatnot. Yeah, it's it, it is it's absolutely fascinating. Um, so you can hear the inspirations for the game, but it's also in you can you can hear so much of how it inspires you. Yeah, so it's. I've just been thinking to my head. I can't make it sound any like cringy or cheesy. Like I love listening to hear you talk about how it's influenced your music because it, it's kind of making me go like, man, I really need to pick up my electric again. I really need to start looking at doing lower tunings again. Do it, man. Yeah. It once you find specific pieces of music which hit you in a way, um. It really does make you think about crafting your art. I, I, yeah. I, I've played guitar for years now, and, and I, there has been quite a few different influences over the years, but this one, I, I, I played it straight away. So I played it, what, probably six years ago now. Mm. Um, and ever since I heard it, I was like, wow, this is, it's not, Something I haven't heard before, but it was just done in a way which I found really well executed. Um, yeah. Like, for instance, one thing that really hit me hard was some of the different mixing techniques. Mm. It was that well executed. Like, I, you can tell as soon as you hear, like, even down to the first track. That the like the audio has been compressed so hard, it's unreal. But to give that, yeah. um, to give it that sense of that type of um mixing technique, mm. you can tell it was very thought out of. Um, even down to stuff like um. Like simple use of panning. Like there's a uh, there's a song uh, called Rust, Dust, and Guts, um, mm -hmm. where there's a guitar line where it literally just bounces from one. Um, well, in stereo, it literally bounces from one uh, speaker to the other in such a short amount of time as well. But it's it's, it's yeah. again even down to things like that. It's so effective. Um, I didn't really find. Tempo wasn't really an issue for me. Um, it was very easy to follow um, because it wasn't overly fast, but it wasn't overly, like, it wasn't slow either. Um, yeah. It was enough to keep me 
on the edge of my seat whilst I was playing it. Even like even down to today, I was listening to it on the way back from work. Excuse me. Um, it does. It's it's weird, even though it's really heavy uh, from the actual music itself, as well as the mixing. It's it's kind of peaceful as well because it has. How do I say it's has a very simple rhythm. Mm. It's easy to follow, so you don't really get lost from the beat. Yeah. But no, it 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 really is. It's it's so. It's, it's enough to keep you hooked, but not enough to get you kind of distracted from what you're doing. There has been times where I've been very distracted because I'm, I don't know, the way, like, emotionally, to me, it makes me feel is because I I know how well it's been executed. Like, it just makes me want to throw down so fucking hard, kick grannies left, right, and center. Um, (laughs) The reason why it, it, it puts me in that kind of mood yeah, is because it reminds me of various parts throughout the game. It's very intense. Yeah, I won't necessarily turn around like if I'm listening to it at work or if I'm driving. I won't like start acting erratically, but mm. it just it gives me that enjoyment. I have it makes me re- it reminds me of why I like it so much. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely no. fantastic. I genuinely think there is. There's not one piece um, of that entire album or the score that was let down or it was, to me, it was absolutely perfect. I'd give it an absolute 10 out of 10. It was, yeah. to me, I think it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get what you mean. And it's like, I mean, me going back to Red Dead, like it, the 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 score on that inspires me to pick up my my guitar because I've grew up with I grew up with say like the first song I ever learned was a Johnny Cash mm. song I grew up with Dylan I grew up with Elvis very most of the time like not very melodic mm. and you know I you know don't get me wrong I play electric in that but acoustic you know is kind of my my go-to it's my comfort zone like if i can play something that's very melodic uh, melodic smooth try and play something that's got a lot of emotion in it that's where i kind of bloom Mm. you know just obviously like you're kind of on the other end of the spectrum with me with Doom and like you say you're he- you're very more heavy based, you know. And then they're like <laughs> But that like I, I keep saying I sound like a bloody broken record. Everybody like, takes music in different ways and that's the beauty yeah. about it. So there's no right or wrong no. ways of portraying music. What you like is what you like. Um, um. I do have an honourable mention, come to think of it, you know. Go on. Fallout 4. Just because, you know, it's very, like, you know, old mm. songs, you know. You know, ink spots, I don't want to set... There you go. 
world on fire. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just want to start a flame in your heart. I'm going to get copyright now. Stop it. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Um, what's some of us? You know, orange colored sky, um, end of the world. Like, I think one of the reasons I love Fallout 4, I love creating stuff. So the settlement building system on Fallout, loved it. But, I mean, so, like, my, my other half can vouch for me. The, the amount of hours I've lost playing that game, just because I'll just sit there building stuff, but while listening to those, you know, the, the songs they've got in that game. Mm. Like, I've, I, I can't, I've struggled to count how many times I've probably had the window down in my car, and I'm probably there listening to Ink Spots. <laughs> And it's got, to, I think the one time I had ink spots on in my car and my mom was just like, how the f*** do you know this? <laughs> she was like, I get some bands, but how do you know the ink spots? Mm. I'm like, it's Fallout. That's the thing. Unless you were, well, I suppose unless you play those games, would you know those songs? Absolutely not. And that's what is so great about different types of media. There's, yeah, there's going to be stories and whatnot that are portrayed in different ways, and to be able to yeah. get that emotion behind it, make the that type of media so effective. Yeah, the people who are creating it will have a certain vision in mind, and being able to put specific songs or audio or whatnot on top of that to uh, to portray that emotion really does work because, like you've just said, you wouldn't have heard that song um, unless you played. Or like four, yeah. So, like, I think because of Fallout, well, it was Fallout three and four. Anybody starts singing those lines, "I don't want to set the world on fire," you know where they've heard it. Yeah, of course. And Absolutely. you know you're going to start singing along to it. <laughs> well, no, that has Ooh. been very interesting. I've uh, really enjoyed this conversation. I think we should wrap yeah, it up. It's hitting an hour and a half now. <laughs> no. Um. But no, yeah, if you have got to this uh, point in the podcast, then thank you very, very, very much for sticking around. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you're seeing our beautiful faces on YouTube, then hello. And hello. almost goodbye. Um, we are also on Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, and all the various other podcasting platforms. So go check us out, rate us, like us, and all the subscribe bells and whistles. Let you know when we've got more content out. Um, we're also on YouTube uh, with speaker-based sounds, so you can go and check out some videos there if you'd fancy it. Um, but no, that has been my co-host Ben, and I'm Josh, so I guess we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Thank you very much. Peace.